Blog Talk Radio. Chatting the Sherry is presented by the writers and illustrators of the future. They are providing a means for new and budding writers to have a chance for their creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting the Sherry. I'm welcoming back a good friend and supporter of the show, John Elsedek. He is the producer and writer of Suspense. Uh, he's a very talented guy. He's written a lot of other stuff, too, and he's an actor. And he's a really cool guy. He works with his partner, Dana Perry Hayes, to revive an old series from the golden age of television called Suspense, which my dad loved. Um, Anyway, this is a recorded show, so please don't call in. Here's John. Hi, John. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sherry. Are you wearing a mask? (laughs) Virtual social distancing? Uh, For virtual distancing, no. The only uh, other living being in my apartment at the moment is my cat, and we're both very healthy. (laughs) Okay, very good. How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Are you still taking your walks up in our 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 lake? Um, most of the beaches, a lot of stuff are closed. So, are you still taking your walk up into the mountains, or is that closed? Um, I I haven't been able to do like actual trail runs or hikes for like a about yeah, it's been about six weeks now. But instead, but fortunately, I live someplace. Yeah, I live north of Los Angeles, so finding hills is not a hard thing to do, so I, I'm still getting a lot of mileage in. I think uh, I've probably done about 30 miles in the past three days, so. Yeah, so, our, our block is hilly, so my brother loves it. Yeah, you know, postal worker, so he likes to walk. And he, like, he goes off into the hilly part of our, our, our neighborhood. Um... <laughs> I'm more of a, I'll walk around the block and that's it. Thank you. Um, (laughs) You're in San Diego, is that right? Yep. Okay. Yeah, I love San Diego. Yeah, we had a lot lot of things we could do here. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Not so many right now. No. I mean, I miss it. We we have a lake here in the uh, area that we live in that we went to every weekend. Um, that was, it is beautiful. It's not, it's not like it's gone. Um, but, um, it's, it's probably, it's probably happier, you know, no humans riding their bikes or, or walking around and <laughs> all the animals don't, and don't have to worry. All the snakes are wondering where the people are and. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, for for a couple of weeks now, I've had every time I go out the door, there are deer in the, uh, the little cul-de-sac I'm in, just, just quietly going about their business. Yeah, I, did you see the pictures of um, of bears looking into windows, checking on the humans? Yeah, very, very <laughs> I thought it was funny. Yeah. I I actually think the animals are happy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's it makes things a little simpler for them. Yeah, they can lay in the lo- in the road in in different parts of the and c- where the, it's more country or, or less you know, traveled and and they don't have to worry about running across 
so they don't get hit and stuff like that. And all the ducks can go across and not worry about humans or cars. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they got some time yet. Yeah. Yeah. But I do miss seeing, uh, especially my ducky friends by the lake. I miss the ducks and the swans and the geese and all the, the, uh, the birds by the lake. That's one thing I do miss. Yeah, I, I think I think I remember the last two years, we the butter, great butterfly migration, I think, I think I've missed it already. Because, I mean, I've seen random ones, but, you know, last year, every time I would hit the trails on San Rafael Hills, I mean, there would just be swarms of them everywhere, and I, you know, I haven't been up there because it's been closed. So, I, I don't know if they've already migrated through or not. Who would have thought this would be going on? It's just, I, I feel so bad about what's happening in the world. I do. I'm just hoping that the. I know it sounds weird, but I'm hoping people wake up and 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 some good comes out of it. Um, oh, yeah, I hope, I hope so, too. Because uh, there's a lot of healing that needs to be done, not just from the virus, but uh, other things that have been happening in the world, and we need to grow up a bit. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, so, during this time of quiet, what have you been doing? Have you been writing? <laughs> It's um, yes and no. <laughs> like for, for example, I mean, it isn't it isn't that I haven't been doing anything, but um, I'm yeah, I think like a lot of people, I'm having a little trouble concentrating. So uh, plus, because I work with a bunch of older older people in their seventies and eighties, and even a couple pushing ninety. And so I'm doing all the things that they would normally do in terms of, you know, going to the grocery store, picking up medications, you know, stuff like that. So I'm doing this for like a half dozen other people. And I'm actually busier now than I was <laughs> before. I, like, by the time I get back to my computer at like six, six or seven o'clock at night, I'm usually just thinking, ah. but, um, I mean, I've been. I'm, one thing I'm actually ahead on for a change is I do a column for Lizzie Grace and her uh, Flapper Press website. And I'm already to the end of. I'm ahead on those for like three months now. So. Oh, wow! I'm still working on mine for this month. <laughs> I'm behind. Oh, that's right. You, <laughs> you know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh -huh. No, I'm I'm just to the end of July now. Wow, you're good. Well, it's, I can do those in a couple of hours, or, you know, it takes me longer than that to do a script, so I feel like I'm be, being productive anyway. I but, love uh, writing those articles. They're so much fun. Yeah, and, um, I mean, for me, a lot of it's something I'll remember from childhood, and then I, it gives me an excuse to look into it, look it into it more deeply, and, uh, I end up learning things that I didn't know other, wouldn't have known otherwise. Isn't it interesting you're writing an article about something you're interested in and you find out 
like a whole world more of interest than you had before you started it? Yeah, and usually by the end of that article, I've already decided on, on, I've discovered something that's connected to it that I want to do the next one on. So, um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun, and uh, I've got a, I'm actually working on a couple of scripts for that we can do remotely, which means. Yeah, you know, their actors will record their parts in their their own you know, home recording spaces. Cool. So I'm um, yeah, I'm gonna try that for a little while, for a couple months anyway. And uh, some some of my voice actors really have nice recording setups. I mean, you know, booths, you know, soundproofed, and you know. Well, I mean, some of them are voiceover specialists too. So, it's, you know, so they're they're like among the few actors who are really getting a lot of work right now <laughs> because they can record their parts at home and just send them off for it's like for it's like a game or uh, you know radio commercials or or whatever. But uh, yeah, so I've got the ideas written down. I've been as I do my miles in the morning. I I take notes and sort of run script script uh, ideas through my head. And, uh, but yeah, uh, editing I'm running behind on as usual, <laughs> which is unfortunate because we've got we've got some really good ones that we recorded to finish out season six. Uh, the most yeah, the most recent ones we've done we. Uh, uh, the closing episode for season six is an original story called The Last King of Hollywood. Ooh, I like the sound of it. Yeah, it takes place in the late 50s, and uh, it's about a movie producer with a dark secret or two. A supernatural, uh, <laughs> supernatural sort. So not LB Mayor, huh? <laughs> Uh no, but um, it was it was fun because we we got to bring back uh, somebody who hasn't been in for a while. We, uh, David Blue from uh, Stargate Universe. Uh huh. Oh, he was great! Holy crap! What a performance! Cool. And yeah. And, and he plays the know, movie producer. He, I'm sorry. He plays the movie producer. Yes. Cool. And, and and he stars with our our fabulous Adrian Wilkinson. Yay, Adrian! <laughs> yeah. And what does she play? But, uh, yeah, we. I'm sorry. What does Adrian play? She plays a uh, sort of a head of hopper type. Oh, cool. Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, she was she was wonderful. But you know, I mean, how many. How many episodes have we had where Adrian wasn't anything less than amazing? True. That's, that's just who she is. She is amazing. Um, yep. Yep. And yeah, we've done. We've got pretty much. I think I need two more episodes or three more episodes to finish out season six, and we can do them all remotely. Uh, one of them is a an adaptation. Adaptation from a of an episode from the original suspense called Ghost Hunt, 
it's like one of the first sound or found uh, found footage sort of stories. But uh, we're doing that one remotely, and the guy playing the lead is our friend Dave Jacobs, who is a he plays a disc jockey in this, and he actually is a disc jockey. <laughs> Typecasting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, part of the morning crew for uh, the Fox up in uh, Fargo, North Dakota. And I'm forgetting what their what their uh, FM number is, but <laughs> he's but he's so he's fabulous at what he does, and um, we'd had him in to do a couple episodes before and he was good in those as well so but this one he can record from home uh, and we got two more originals that we have to do for, for finish season six and then uh, we've already got season seven started uh, the first episode for that we're doing it's a uh, it's another classic episode from the days of old time radio called Three Skeleton Key that uh, uh, Vincent Price did the original, I think. Ooh. But it's about uh, a trio of lighthouse keepers who uh, find them, or they're working on a lonely little island off the coast of French Guiana, and uh, all of a sudden they found themselves beset by a, a, a shipload of uh, ravenous rats. Yeah. Yeah. But we did it with an all-female cast, and they were, you know, we got Rekha Sharma and Tiffany Benneke and Denise Melody, and they were wonderful. <laughs> they had so much fun with it. It's, it's fun to play parts that are against type. That's one thing I've discovered. Um, you know, yep. if you're a sweet-faced ingenue or now older woman type, and you get to play a, a femme fatale or a murderess, that's fun. <laughs> yep. Well, like Reka especially was certainly playing against type. She was playing her characters, a uh, hulking Basque. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much against type. <laughs> and this is like five, three. <laughs> definitely not what you would call hulking. But she sounds great. They all sound great. Um, and ah, uh, let's see. We <laughs> um, but yeah, we're we're just yeah. I'm slowly playing catch up on editing, and uh, so we've got season six just about finished, and season seven will start about a couple months after season six finishes, and. So, well, you know, production goes on, slowly but surely. Yep, I know what you mean. I'm in the same boat, so I understand for Sherry's Playhouse. Yep. <laughs> like, yep. I'm really, yeah. really busy for chatting with Sherry, but Sherry's Playhouse is sort of like in in a freeze. Um, but I'm, I'm doing reprises. <laughs> yep. And, you know, our our website, we always, we always have something up. Or on our sound SoundCloud and also on iTunes, so uh, there's you know we've got about a hundred episodes finished, so uh, there's not a lack of material. Nope. 
and his stuff is super duper duper. I love all your, I love the, all of the suspense shows. They're just, I haven't seen, ev listened to every single one, I have to admit. But I do pick and choose the ones I like from what I see. Um, and I really love them. I'm more of a noir girl than a scary girl. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, the most recent one that I got finished was a, uh, a uh, science fiction story oh. called x Group. Cool. And it was about a, you know, it starts off with this heartwarming re reunion between an astronaut and his wife. And then as the story, it, it gets told, it gets told in you know, flashes between past and, or present and past. And the question comes up, uh, you're back six years early, Where and where is everybody else? <laughs> so, and, you know, the lead, our leads in that one, uh, we had such a good group for that one. Um, Sam McKay. Ooh. Um, I'd, I'd never worked with Sam before, but uh, Amy, our fabulous Amy Pemberton brought him in and he was wonderful and you know it's so funny he's one of those guys who almost always plays a villain in you know if he's in anything in television yeah. or film yeah. he always plays a villain he's yeah. the nicest person you could ever want to meet I mean it's there's so often that happens it's like that all the time uh, yeah it's one of the weird things uh, about show business I've met some of the people uh, through my family or through uh, friends of the family and stuff like that, or my friends, when I w was a kid in L.A., and the, when you meet people who play these really scary kind of people, they're the nicest, sweetest people. You would never know that they played these nasties. <laughs> well, that's why it's acting, because... You certainly wouldn't want to be around somebody who's like that in real life. No. No. No, not at all. Uh, in fact, one of my dad's best friends who I knew from the time I was a kid, um, he played um, heavies most of his life. He played two good guys. Well, one good guy who punched out Jack Lemmon. But he thought he was sleeping with his sister, so it, he was, there was a reason for him punching out Jack Lemmon. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Apartment. Uh, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never seen the whole thing. Well, he played. Uh, his name is Johnny Seven, and he played Shirley MacLaine's brother. He was a taxi oh. driver in in the movie. But he's most known for Ironside. He was a good guy. He played Sergeant. Reese, I think it was Reese. Yeah. Oh, okay. In I, I don't remember the character, but I remember the show. So if I if I went back and looked at it again, I'd go, oh yeah, I never did. Yeah. So, but Johnny played a lot of bad guys. He played murderers and heavies and a lot of bad guys. But he was just the sweetest man. It was like he was the guy who always came to my high school and college plays. I mean, you know, a professional actor who does that is just. That's a precious person. <laughs> Aww. Yeah, I was, I was, it just made me think of, it's sort of a tangent, but, uh, um, you know, the, you, sort of, you sort of get thrown off by how people are typecast. 
and I was just remembering John, you remember John Davidson oh of course and you know he, I think he what was that show that's incredible I think yep yep that he hosted yep but but years later I saw him in the he had done a, an episode of the streets of San Francisco which is a show it's a show that I didn't really watch as a kid but I me I knew of it and he plays like this psych psych complete psychopath murderer with multiple personalities and it's and he's so creepy oh it's awesome I know it's just really neat um Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek Next Generation yeah I saw him in um before in an episode of Heart to Heart where he played a murderer okay he was so good he must have yeah you know, I mean, it's, and when you're younger and you're playing all the different parts, you're hungry and you're playing any part that comes your way. It's like what Johnny used to say, he lived for that time. And then after it was over and he, you know, he had to have, he had family and, and a house. And, and so he, he, he said, he kind of, you, you miss it because it, it's like, because you really get to it you know, chew on parts and you don't, you, you, as you get older you kind of get sick. <laughs> yeah. But, um, also, he was also the person to teach me to always have a backup. He was a real estate broker. He worked as an actor all his life, but he was a real estate broker. In fact, we went to his office more times than his house. He was always at his office. <laughs> okay. So, so he, he knew... You know, he loved he loved to act, but he he had a plan B for like the you know for Colleen. Yep. Yep. The slow times. Okay. Yeah. Very comfortable. Yep. In fact, he bought and sold some of the houses I moved in and out of. So. Um. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he was pretty good at what he did, apparently. Oh, he was very good at what he did. He actually one of the things the reason I didn't real I was a weird kid I didn't always put people together that I knew or people I saw with the actor this is going to sound strange I saw a I knew he was an actor but I didn't really knew know what he did you know what I mean and okay. he had a dollar bill signed by Raymond Burr on his wall in his real estate office. Okay. And, I, and I said, Johnny, what's that? And I go, why Why isn't it a picture of Raymond Burr instead of a Oh, he lost the bet. I made him sign it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well. <laughs> and, uh, and then I go, Oh, so you worked with Raymond Burr. He looked at me, and he goes, Honey, did you ever see Ironside? And I said, Yeah, I saw it in reruns. And he said, Do you remember Sergeant Reese? And I go, Yeah. He goes, That's me. Young, but that's me. <laughs> I go, Oh. Aww. <laughs> uh... Hey, Ironside was on in the 60s and 70s. I was a kid. I was a little, little girl. How, was, how did I know? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I remember it being on in reruns, but I, again, that was one of those shows that, like, if it wasn't science fiction or horror, it, usually, it generally didn't get my attention for very long. 
Yeah, but I just thought that it was just like the punching Jack Lemmon story. His stories were always really. He actually did punch poor Jack Lemmon by accident. Aww. Okay. Well, hopefully he was understanding about it. Oh yeah, Jack. He it was actually his fault, and he said it was his fault. He, you know how they rehearse, and he they was a stunt man, and yeah. well, Johnny was a stunt man in his early life, so he did the stunts, and uh, but Jack was supposed to step out, you know, get the side swipe and then step out and the stunt man was supposed to come in. Well, yeah. he moved into the punch instead of out of the punch. Okay. So it was his fault. Yeah, it was I mean, his fault. <laughs> but it was yeah. ironical because ironical. Ironic because that was the take that was in the movie. <laughs> well, it probably looked real natural. <laughs> Yeah, it's really low telling that story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, suffering for one's art. Yeah, he was really good friends with him. He was in a couple of other movies with him too. But um, but yeah, he low telling certain stories he liked to tell. It's it's it was it was fun. To, it's fun to talk to older people that are in the business because their stories are so much more full and interesting than what the younger people talk about sometimes. Yeah, uh, that it kind of makes me think of our our wonderful Damon Crawl. Anytime we go to his house, I think you know who lived across the street from you. Oh, uh, that was Andy Griffith's house, or cool. before that was Big Crosby's house. And you know Parker Stevenson from the Hardy Boys lived right next, you know, immediately next door to me. And and then he, then we have stories with that, and you know nothing nothing inappropriate it was just but it's like oh yeah this really is Hollywood isn't it yep I know I lived down the block from Russell Johnson um, when I was a very uh, little girl I was four or five and I was friends with one of his daughters and so I didn't know who he was or anything <laughs> okay and so we had a sleepover and he and he was there, and I saw him. I didn't even put the two and two together, because I watched Gilligan's Island even at four or five years old. But I, yeah. I, you're a kid. What do you know? Um, and so I, I after it, I went home, and my dad walked me home, and because my overprotective parent. Um, but I was a baby, so I sort of understandable. Um, anyway. Mr. Johnson came over to the house because I left my pajamas. Oh, okay. And so he knocked on our door. We were like, like I said, we're down the block. And um, my mom almost fainted. <laughs> oh, okay, because she recognized She it. recognized him right away. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm like, Mr. Johnson, uh, call, uh, uh, my dad... No, my girlfriend called and said, Daddy's going to bring your pajamas. I go, okay. And I said to my mom, Mr. Johnson's going to bring the pajamas. And she goes, okay. Not, none yeah. of us are thinking like that. And yeah. knock, knock. Aw. <laughs> uh, uh, um, that, that reminded me of um, you know, my partner slash friend, Dana. Uh, she... Uh, 
I forget where this was, but she, I mean, I told you this before. She hurt a uh, media upstairs neighbor with uh, Donna Michi. Oh, no. I didn't know that. Oh, I love Donna Michi. And she said he was such a gentleman. Like, anytime her, any of her family would, would come up for a visit, she, he would insist that they come up for tea. And, you know, he was just, just like exactly like the perfect Hollywood gentleman. I love that. You yeah. kind of expect it from somebody like that. Because he yeah, was just it, so elegant. Yeah, if, if, he, if he had turned out to be a jerk, it would have been so disappointing. But no, he was, he was super cool. That was so cool. I love that. I, just, I love the classic, you know, up until the 80s, I guess, of the old world feeling of the actors' community. It was it wasn't that it was close, it was just that it was more classy. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I see what you mean. It was, um, I interviewed someone who was a neighbor of Cary Grant, and because I love Cary Grant. There's a mm -hmm. surprise for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, totally understandable. Um, so anybody who knows Carrie, oh yeah, want to come on my show? Let's talk about it. Because um, it's Carrie Grant. And so she was talking about it, and he was like, even though he was a friend of the family, it was like he was um, like an uncle. He treated her like he would a niece. You know what I mean? It, it, and he, he was like that with all people. He was totally polite old world, I mean, the man was basically, if you think about when he was born, he was basically a Victorian who was had a modern viewpoint, but his manners and his attitude toward women and things like that, not the, I'm not talking about sexism, I just mean politeness and things yeah. like that was just incredibly beautiful according to the two people I interviewed about. He was just a really sweet man. <laughs> and I love hearing that. <laughs> well, the um, one of the elderly folks that I've, I've helped out over the years, he's since passed on, but he, uh, one, of, one of my favorite things that he ever told me was, well, one day I'm over there fixing something for him, and, he, and so he starts a conversation and, and just he asked asked me about the, my radio show. And he said, you know, my he says, you know, my brother-in-law was a television producer. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah, real nice guy, but a little 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 a bit of an oddball. And <laughs> and I said, okay, well, what sort of shows shows did he do? And he said, oh, he you know he had to think about it. I said, yeah, some science fiction show. I can't think of think of the name of it. And so, what's the guy's name? And he said, uh, Leslie Stevens. And I go, uh, was the show called The Outer Limits? Oh, my God. Goes, yeah, that's the one. And he did some, some crazy movie with that guy from the Priceline commercial. And I got William Shatner. Ah! Yeah, yeah, that's him. And it, and it turned out his sister had been married to Leslie Stevens, but also she had I think before that it dated uh, Cary Grant. So. Wow. 
That's, that's my, like, five degrees of Cary Grant. Yeah. It's just really, it's always cool. I, my, the closest I ever got to Cary Grant was I was in the regular section at um, Hollywood Park, and he was in the enclosure section of Hollywood Park, and I could see him. <laughs> uh, okay. That's the closest I ever got. <laughs> And that I was really excited, John. <laughs> well, I I missed out entirely on like old old world or the old school Hollywood for the most part. I mean, I think my as a kid, my yeah, I lived in Pennsylvania, so I mean, what were the what were the odds? I mean, Jack Jack Palance came from uh, from Hazleton, I think, which was where my grandparents were born. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I've so I, but yeah, I never saw him there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, one time, my school randomly had us go to the Harrisburg Airport to greet a plane that had Danny Kay on it. Oh. And, and for the life of me, I had no idea who Danny Kay was. Oh, I, no I always I was wanted there. to meet him. You lucky darn person. <laughs> uh, I never even met him. I think he was there for like 10 minutes. It's like... I, I would have taken the 10 minutes. <laughs> I, think was, I think it was something to do with the UNICEF or something. I, of course. I don't even remember at this point. But it was it just seemed random to me. But in yeah, in retrospect, it's like, oh, that was kind of cool. But I didn't... Yeah, I wasn't old enough to appreciate it. I think I was like six, <laughs> seven. Do you know, I... I embarrass myself a lot of times, but this time I really embarrass myself. I was working as a manager when I was 22 at a place called Blum's Candy, and it was in Northridge Mall in San Fernando Valley, just before the earthquake. And um, I had, I was in college. I had like three high school students working for me. It was like the dream job because I had, my supervisor was a really cool lady and she only came once a month, so I was like... Okay, so you got to, you got to be in charge for most of the time. Yes, it was great. So we had a regular lady come and she looked familiar, but I couldn't place her. And she came yeah. about every two or three weeks to buy a bunch of candy because she had a bridge game. And so she liked to have candy for her other rich players. And yeah. she, I, I personally, because I was told by my lady who was the supervisor that she was a special customer. And she went by her married name, so I didn't know who she was. But so I went and I, um, I, I loved her. She was friendly and wonderful, so I had no problem doing that. And... I one day she looked at me at an angle and I went, Oh my God And I looked at her and I said, May I ask you a question that may seem a bit impertinent? And she goes, Of course. Because she <laughs> she didn't know me for almost a year. And I was incredibly impolite, so she she knew I wouldn't say that unless I I was had a reason. I said yeah. Were you once known as Virginia Mayo? Ah! And right. she said, "Yeah, I still am." <laughs> and this was before she did Remington Steel, so I hadn't seen the older 
Virginia, and, and I mean, I only knew her as the young Virginia from like Secret Life of Walter Mitty with Danny Kaye and stuff like that. I go, oh my God, my father loves you. Aww. <laughs> and I go, and we were brought up watching every Danny Kaye movie, and you were in three of them, so we watched you quite often. And he goes, Aww. that's exactly what her reaction, exactly what you're saying is what her reaction was. Aww. And she goes, oh, how sweet. And um, I said, could I get an autograph for my dad? And she goes, and for you? I go, yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes, um, I'll come back tomorrow. I don't have any pictures, but I'll I'll give you a, one for you and one for your dad. And she did. Aww. But, I mean, and my when uh, I went over to my... Um, I was working this job and going to college, and I lived in a dorm. And I drove over from the dorm to um, my parents' house, and I think it was like the next day after because it was a Sunday. Um, so I, I went over the Monday I wasn't going to school, and I said, "Dad, I got a present for you." <laughs> he said, oh. and he said, "What?" And I handed it to him. I didn't even say what it was. He went. He was like like that, speechless. He he was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it was adorable. And he said, "Where the oh. hell did you get this?" I go from Virginia Mayo. She's my client. She was she's one of my clients. And he said, "You're <laughs> kidding!" But he they never could meet because he was working during the time she used. She usually came in the mornings, like early in the morning. Um, and my dad was working during that period. So yeah. he never met her, but it was just, I was like, you know how you, sometimes you give your parent a gift that they could never get? That yeah. was one of the times. Yeah, that that would be like if I'd get my mom a uh, fine photo of Frank Langella or somebody, because, you know, in the 70s when he did Dracula, she was just like swooning over him. Like every other female. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, watching that movie, I can see, I, as an adult, I can look at it and say, yeah, yeah, I can see that. He was sexy. Yeah, that's hot. Yeah. He's, he's not my not my type, but I, I mean, I could I could see where I, where ladies would find that pretty hot. Yeah, I was just like my dad's favorites were Virginia Mayo and um, oh God, my brain. Uh, what's her name? She was married to Frank Sinatra for a very short time, and they used to fight a lot. Beautiful gardener. Oh. Ava Gardner. Ava Gardner. Yeah. And those were the, my dad's two favorites. So I, I never met Ava Gardner and didn't, couldn't do anything, but the, that was my dad's two favorites. You know, my mom's was Cary Grant and William Powell. And oh. people like that. And my dad's was Ava Gardner and Virginia Mayo. They're both real oh, they classy. Both have, yeah, they both have very good taste. Yeah. <laughs> very elegant uh, crushes. They're, yeah, those are all, all excellent crushes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and because when I was a teenager, I actually asked my... Um, my my mom and dad, we were, I, I don't even remember, we were watching some movie, and my mom was just gushing over Cary Grant. And I'm like, I asked my mom and dad, I go, are, 
do you get jealous of each other's crushes? And my dad says, we're married, we're not dead. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's an appropriate response. <laughs> Which basically like means having no. having affair with Gary Grant. No. <laughs> or he's a partner. But it just, I thought that was so cute. <laughs> But I mean, uh, their I, whole life. I mean, does, your your parents never stop having their crush on whoever they got their crush on. It's just like I doubt you or I will ever stop having our crushes on who we have our crushes on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my very first one was Diana Rick. So. <laughs> I, Mine was Robert Wagner. Uh, from which which Robert? Well, I mean, I which I Robert know, Wagner? Wagner, which which show Robert Wagner? It takes a thief. That's what it, that's what I was thinking of because I yeah I remember that one. It was on Channel Forty Eight. It was one. I never. I mean, I loved him in Switch and Heart to Heart. I watched everything Robert Wagner ever did. Still love him, but it's like you never forget the first time you see somebody. It's just I love Cary Grant too because I started watching Cary Grant when I was four years old. So it's really hard not to fall in love with somebody your mother loves when you're that young. <laughs> yeah. Even though he could have been my great grandfather in age. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, they at four you're not necessarily thinking in those terms. No, and I was kinda of dumb about that kind of thing. I did not know until I was about 15 or 16 that Grace Kelly and Princess Grace was the same person. <laughs> okay. I didn't. I had no idea. I like. I did not put it to because Grace Kelly didn't. Well, actually, she did. Grace Kelly and Princess Grace looked exactly alike if you look at her face. Yes, yes. they they do bear a passing resemblance to each other. <laughs> But when you're a little girl, it's like you see Princess Grace, the elegant uh, princess, being lovely to little children and giving stuff out at awards stuff. And then you see Grace Kelly, the sexy lady in The Catch a Thief and Rear Window and uh, High Society. And you just don't put them together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I can see where there would be a that would be a bit of a problem. <laughs> I, that, that's why I mean. I was just. I, I I told that story before. I don't know if on the air, but I told that story before. People like laugh at me, but I can't help it. It's the truth. I just. I did not. Not I. I saw. Um. Something. Oh, it was a retrospective of Grace Kelly's life. And it ended with it talking about her marrying Prince Rainier. And I went, I looked at my mom, and she said, what? Princess Grace is Grace Kelly? And she goes, <laughs> you didn't know? Uh, no. <laughs> well, and you did. Yeah, that's how I found out. It's like one of those. It wasn't biography because they didn't have that yet in the 70s, but they had like profile or something. I don't remember. Some show. And okay. I was like, oh my God, it's the same woman. <laughs> yep, yes it was. 
but you know, I just that's what I mean. You don't always. That's what took me so long to figure out that Virginia Mayo was the same as this nice elderly lady that I was helping. <laughs> Even though her face really was the same. <laughs> yeah. yeah we, well, in, in your, we're exactly expecting her to walk in your door, so. No. And no. then you can just get used to her seeing her as a customer versus the TV, the uh, movie star. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if uh, the Remington Steel where she was the guest star came out and I had seen it and then I started serving her, I would have gotten it right away. But yeah. it was after. <laughs> so, <laughs> didn't know. <laughs> I'm not that smart. <laughs> um, so I wanted to uh, for suspense how do people uh, you know watch your shows you said on your website you have like a hundred shows or something how do they get there what's the website and is there like uh, a yeah the easiest ways to go to either SoundCloud dot com or on iTunes and just uh, suspense radio drama. It's all run together. Suspense radio drama. And, and do you have a website or is it just iTunes? Yeah, yeah just this SoundCloud and iTunes and I think it's, it's available on a couple of other services but I'm drawing a blank on what they are at the moment. Sketcher? Yeah, is, uh, is it on Sketcher? Uh, I think I think it's on it's on there via SoundCloud because I I know when I set up the SoundCloud account it is and this was you know six years ago or whatever but uh, when I set the account up initially it uh, it also let me link it to a bunch of other other services so yeah that's so I think I'm pretty sure that was one of them. Okay. Um, and what how do people find you like on Facebook? Instagram, all those good social media things. Well, Facebook's probably a lost cause because <laughs> I'm never on it. <laughs> okay, forget Facebook. Uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter, I'm just at Blue Hours. Just one word, or well, not, it's just run together, Blue Hours. And on uh, Instagram, it's uh, Suspense Radio Drama. And are you on um, any of the other stuff, like Tumblr or any of those? No. No, mm -hmm. that's it. Okay. I, I have enough trouble keeping those, you know, any sort of content on those two, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, and uh, do, you were saying that you also um, are have a, a new season. Well, you're going to be finishing the season, and you have a new season. Do you have... Uh, or are you kind of like not ready yet to give a date when some new shows might pop up? Uh, honestly, um, honestly, I'm not sure. I, my my plan was to get a new episode out every couple of weeks, but right now, until things settle down, and I I have to, I'm I'm not off. You know, I'm not running around for a half dozen other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Once once things settle down a little bit, I can get back on more of a reasonable uh, production schedule. But yeah, right now it's just 
some great catches catch can. Okay. I've got a bunch of episodes that are sort of like half done. But, uh, uh, yeah, right. There's certainly enough content to keep, yeah, you keep people off the right now. If, so. if you've never been on there, there's a lot of choice. There's And there's different things. So it's not just like, it's not like all suspense was all horror. This is like all different kinds of stuff. So you have a lot of choices that you can get. Yeah, and it's, um, yeah, it's a real mix. Uh, horror, mystery, science fiction, fantasy, a uh, little comedy. Um, yeah, and the odd-numbered episodes are adaptations of existing works, and the even-numbered ones are all original. Cool. That that gives a good clue to everybody. If you want yep. originals, you go to even. You just said even, right? Yep. And if you want something from the old suspense that's been redone, go to odd. Yes. Okay, we got gotcha. you. <laughs> okay. Got gotcha you down. Thank you, John. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to be on my show. Yeah, thank you, Sherry. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. And thank you for chatting with Sherry. Thank you.